Roberts, and this is a very special cart.ca podcast. With me today is Dan Goldberg, president and CEO of Telesat, Canada's best known and historically anyway, our flagship satellite company. Welcome to cart.ca, Dan. Thank you very much. It's great to be with you. Dan, did you grow up in Arlington, Virginia? I did. I did. In the shadow of uh, Washington Monument. And I have the feeling that there's some sort of bread in the bone family connection to the satellite industry. Your dad was involved. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got into this sort of arcane industry uh, through the the legal slash regulatory path. And yeah, that was all about uh, my dad and his career. Yeah. And and uh, I think you you met some fairly interesting people along the path. Was there a guy named Barack Obama part of your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in my section in in law school. Hugely, yeah. hugely impressive guy. I mean, it was just evident from the yeah. first time he opened his mouth in class. Right. So yeah. So what what brought you to Telesat in two thousand and six? What was what 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 was going on there? Well, what was going on? I mean, there was stuff going on on the Telesat side of the table, uh, you know, and, and there's stuff going on, on on my side of the table. So what was going on? It was 2006, as you said. Um, on the Bell side of the table, what was going on uh, was that Michael Sabia was the CEO of Bell. Michael was focused on uh, sort of refocusing Bell on their core business. Um, and and that meant, you know, in part, selling things that Bell deemed non-core. Uh, Telesat was was one of those things. And so, and I, and, I, and, and I know also, and this I didn't learn until I actually showed up in Ottawa, but Bell was also focused on turning itself into an income trust, if, if you remember that. Yep whole saga. And, and, and maybe, uh, I, I don't know how much Telesat was kind of, you know, part and parcel of that. But so that's what was going on uh, from the, the Bell perspective. They had decided that, you know, they were uh, going to sell their interest in Telesat. On my side of the table, I had been living in the Netherlands uh, for the eight years prior to that. Uh, running another satellite company. Was that Pan Am Sat or no, something else? No, no, it was a company called New Sky Satellites. Right. Okay. It was spun out of Intelsat, which at the time was an intergovernmental organization. And this was Intelsat's first step to privatize itself, um, which they did a little bit kicking and screaming at the time. And so I moved over to, the, to Holland, uh, single, I was engaged, but, you know, single, a lawyer, uh, you know, no kids. And, you know, eight years later, I'd stopped practicing law. I was the CEO of the business. I was married. I had three kids. We had a great experience in the Netherlands, professionally, personally, and all that. But we had sold uh, the company. There was a lot of consolidation going on. And I think Bell was aware that the satellite assets were kind of highly prized at the time. And, and I think, you know, they were wanting to take advantage of that. But in any event, we had sold New Skies to a, a large competitor. And and my wife and I were kind of ready to move back to... You were looking for work. 
Well, I was looking for <laughs> I was looking for work. I mean, the, the, uh, my plan was to stick around for a little bit uh, with the with the acquirer. And frankly, you know, as those things work, you know, I was incentivized to do that. Um, and uh, but so I mean, one, you know, there had been that professional change. We sold the business, but two, you know, we had lived in Europe for eight years and and had these three kids. And meanwhile. Our families, my family and my wife's family, we're all back in the States. And, and you know, we wanted our kids to get to know their family and vice versa. So so we were motivated to come back. And then I got a call uh, from a headhunter that Al had worked with. And, and uh, yeah, and I met uh, Michael. He'd come over to London, England, and we had a great meeting. And, uh, and yeah, and I looked at a map and saw that Ottawa wasn't that far from Washington, D.C., where, where we were planning to return. Um, and I thought, uh, hey, this is, this is a good project, is how I pitched it to my wife at the time. You know, we'll go for a year or so, and, uh, and then we'll, you know, uh, go back down to D.C. or whatever. Now, was Sebius, Michael Sebius' idea to get you here so you, you could sell Telesat? The, I mean, yeah, sort of three point two five billion dollars to that was a federal pension plan and Laurel, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the you know, they they even kind of already kicked off, you know, sort of a dual track process. One was to spin Telesat out and take it public. Yeah. Um, and right alongside of that was kind of more of a traditional sale process. And so we did actually we filed, you know, a registration statement to, you know, uh, take Telesat public. In part, that was to make sure there was some competitive tension in the mm -hmm. sale process. Like, we don't have to sell. We can always take Telesat public. And so, yeah, but that, that was already kind of just kind of underway when, when I had come on board in okay. September of 2006. And was it... Was it difficult to sort of integrate the Laurel part of the business with so know, the, the Telesat part of the business? Or was it a challenge? That or? was a challenge. Yeah. That was a challenge. In truth, that came about almost a year later because I arrived in September 2006. In December, so a few months later, it was a very busy couple of months, we had run that process and announced this transaction with PSP is the big Canadian pension fund right. and Laurel. Federal civil service, is that it? Yes, yeah. they manage the money for yeah. the federal public service, the RCMP and the armed forces. Yeah. Uh, and they're great guys uh, and gals. Um, and um, so we announced that transaction in December, but regulatory reviews being what they are, it took us 10 months to get it approved. So, so the transaction didn't close until, if memory serves, like October 2007. So, which was actually really beneficial for me because it meant that I got to actually learn a little bit about Telesat uh, before taking on uh, with my colleagues right. the integration of the the Laurel Skynet assets into the business, which, by the way, was a really great thing for Telesat. It us to scale the business, it gave us a, a more global reach and diversify the business and, you know, welcome some really great colleagues. Right into the company. And so that, that was a really good thing. Now, Canadians tend to think of Telesat as a great Canadian success story. Um, but is the reality now that Telesat is kind of an extension of Laurel or is it Laurel an extension of Telesat? I mean, what, yeah, no, how is, how yeah, is that? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, no, the reality is um, Laurel 
uh, was our largest shareholder. Um, but they didn't control Telesat because at the time they made uh, the investment in Telesat, Laurent PSP, there were foreign ownership restrictions in place. And so, like a lot of these businesses, the banks in Canada, the telecom companies in Canada, the airlines in Canada, you can have significant non-Canadian economic ownership, but control still has to be Canadian. And, and, and so that's how the transaction was structured at the time. But it was more than just a fiction because the reality is Laurel went away. We, we, we tell us that was bigger than their satellite business. So we subsumed it uh, and integrated it into Telesat. And, and, you know, it was hard at the time, but, but, you know, yeah, Telesat was kind of the surviving entity, if, if you will. And headquarters remained in Ottawa and all of that. But now more recently in November, we completed, you know, we kind of, you know, went the, the last, you know, five yards or whatever and, and literally fully subsumed Loral into Telesat. We did this exchange offer with Loral's public shareholders. It was through that route that, that Telesat became a public company this past November. Yep. But now Loral is it's kind of gone. Uh, its ticker symbol is no longer on NASDAQ. That's now a TSAT, a yep. Telesat symbol. Um, and, and yeah, Laurel's, you know, kind of is now kind of formally disappeared. Um, no, we're, we're a Canadian company. We, even though those foreign ownership restrictions ultimately were removed, um, we continued to uh, have the company structured uh, so that it would be Canadian controlled. And we preserve that uh, even uh, following the go public transactions. So, okay. so we're Canadian controlled. We're now, you know, listed both on NASDAQ and uh, the Toronto Stock Exchange. Our headquarters remains here in Ottawa. Uh, our board is, you know, majority Canadian residents. Um, our governance provisions preserve, you know, Canadian control. And, and we're proud of our Canadian history and, and legacy. Did you not become a Canadian citizen? I did. I did. We're so proud of it that uh, not not just myself, but my wife, my kids. Um, no, we're dual citizens. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a new Canadian. Um, I read somewhere, I think it was late 2019, the best Ottawa business awards recognized you as the CEO of the year. Do I have that right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think it was 2019. Yeah, okay. It was a really nice honor. But I, 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 I'm sort of uh, drawn to the description, it says, uh, you know, Dan Goldberg at quote at the he's at the center he's at the epicenter of everything, and that what you're going to do with Telesat is develop new satellite technology that is going to revolutionize the way the internet is delivered. End of quote. Could you help me unpack? I mean, I don't meet many <laughs> yeah. people that are at the epicenter yeah. of everything, yeah. and they're going to revolutionize the internet. Yeah, well, you know, the first thing I'd say is it was a nice recognition. I, you know, it was a really nice recognition, but not just for me, uh, but for Telesat. Uh, and, you know, we've all worked in organizations before, and we all know uh, it's no one individual, and 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 the thing that I probably love the most about Talisat, uh, and I, if this was evident when I came here, um, and and Bill, you know some of the some of my colleagues and former sure colleagues, but but they are world class in every sense of of that. And I mean, world class professionals, 
world-class individuals, uh, world-class, you know, yeah, engineers, sales, regulatory, I mean, just absolutely world-class. And so, and so, you know, yes, I, I got that very nice recognition, but it, 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 you know, it, it, it ain't me. Uh, it's, it's seriously, I mean, it's the Telesat team. And, and so those things that they said, you know, at the epicenter of everything and revolutionizing uh, uh, the internet and, and, and IP delivery and whatnot, um, epicenter of everything, my, my, I'm not sure anyone even wants to be at the epicenter of everything. Um, but we are, yes, we're, we're working hard to revolutionize uh, a broadband delivery here in Canada, but, but right around the world by, by leveraging our state-of-the-art technologies, a very innovative um, uh, design that was invented right under our roof here in, in Ottawa, uh, you know, by the, the, the great people here. And this is this low Earth orbit satellite constellation that, that you know, uh, we conceived of and, and are executing on right. So yeah, that, that's what they were referring to for sure. I want to come back to Leo's and Geo's, but I want to probe a, bit, a little bit more about who is Dan. Uh, I read another piece that uh, was referencing Mark Carney when he was governor of the Bank of England and the London Marathon and your tenacity. Uh, it, it, what was that all about? Uh, you know, uh, Ottawa's, uh, you know, it's our nation's capital, uh, but it's pretty, still a pretty small town. And I moved here, as we said, back in 2006 and moved in, you know, to a, a house in a neighborhood. And anyway, one one morning I'm walking my eldest daughter up up the street. She's, you know, on the, the local uh, soccer team. She's probably at the time six. Walking, you know, right in front of me is another guy around my age uh, who's who's got his own little girl who's going, you know, same jersey. Uh, and so he and I start talking. And I swear to God, by the time we got to the top of the hill, we had identified probably 10 people that we knew in common um, and and became, you know, fast friends. At the time, Mark was working in the Department of Finance mm -hmm. here in Ottawa. Um, and then he went on to become uh, the governor of the Bank of Canada. And then he went on to become, you know, the governor of the Bank of England. And so uh, he and I are... And, and I should say, um, while Mark was here, we've got a, a running group uh, that he and another buddy in the neighborhood started. And so for years, and we still do it today, and I'm glad that Mark's back from England now because, uh, you know. Could be prime minister, you never know. Well, anyway, but <laughs> but um, so so we all bonded. There, there are five of us in our little running group, and we all bonded uh, through our families and through running. I mean, you know, so so that was really nice. But then Mark abandoned us and he went to London. But when he turned 50, he's a month older than I am, I turned 50. And so we had said uh, with the other three runners, let's, you know, and we had, we had run a marathon before the Ottawa Marathon. Um, but Mark was like, hey, come on over. Let's run the London Marathon. So that was in April of, nine, of I'm sorry, two. It was five years ago. 2015 shows you how bad I am at or 17. 2000. It was it was 2015. It's when okay. we turned 50. Okay. And so anyway, so we trained up, and it was the worst winter that I had ever suffered through in Ottawa. I mean, just sustained periods of minus 35. So it's tough to train for a marathon that takes place in April. Anyway, uh, we fly over there, 
Um, and I get, I, I pick up a flu bug. So I was sick as a dog and, and didn't think that I'd be able to run it. Um, but showed up anyway because I wanted to, you know, see the guys off and decided I'd run the first few kilometers. And ah, lo and behold, uh, I just kept, no, it wasn't very fast. Um, but I got it done. Good for you. And um, So yeah. it does speak to tenacity, determination. Uh, it speaks to something. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so as part of, is, is that tenacity and determination taking you to a kind of goal or a vision of Telesat to be like the, the best, the biggest, the number one satellite company in the world? Is that is that in there somewhere? Well, I mean, and here again, I mean, what, what we do at Telesat, I mean, here again, you know, it ain't just, you know, me, we've got shareholders and a board and I've got lots of colleagues, but, but, but we, so, and yes, we're competitive. Um, and we need to be competitive because we're operating in a hyper competitive kind of global environment here, which is not getting any less competitive with the passage of time. And we've got some new, you know, formidable entrants uh, that are coming in because they also perceive a, a, a compelling opportunity. So, so, but I mean, fundamentally, what what we're after, Bill, and and moving forward with the Leo constellation, is trying to. Uh, keep up with with the market and what our customers want and yes to grow the business and the, you know grow equity value for the shareholders and uh and 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 all of that so um and and yeah I mean, we've got to be tenacious and i think culturally here at telesat and it existed long before i got here this is a smart innovative tenacious bunch of people who are yeah, working hard to make sure that we stay relevant, we stay competitive, we're delivering state-of-the-art services to our customers. That I mean, Telesat's been around for 52 years now, and you know we'd like to be around for at least another 52 years. And 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 we think about that. So, but I don't think we can hide your business chops under what is that? Hiding your light under a bushel, is that the saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I just, I might have these stats wrong, but I, I seem to have read somewhere that before you arrived at Telesat, the operating margins were somewhere below 50%, and now they may be amongst the highest in the industry. I think at one point recently, 85%. Uh, annual revenues in 2019 had leapt by 50% to bid over 900 million. I mean, was there a stagnation point in those revenues at, at some, somewhere along the line, or did COVID affect anything? But, yeah. But those are pretty impressive geometric yeah, leaps. We, we um, you know, these new shareholders came in in 2007, um, and, 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 and my colleagues and I, uh, one, you know, the operating environment was pretty favorable. Uh, in particular, demand for direct-to-home satellite television was growing quickly, and 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 we were, uh, and are, you know, very good in that market. Um, we were, we had the benefit of doing that transaction with Laurel Skynet, so we were able to integrate their business, capture some of the synergies that you know are available when you merge to kind of you know similar businesses and um uh and 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 to scale the business i mean th these businesses are at, at, at some level kind of fixed cost businesses and yeah. so 
the cost structure that you need to operate 10 satellites is not terribly different than what you need to operate 20 satellites or 30 satellites. So, so you can leverage that. So we did that. Um, we, 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 you know, were, I think, focused at, at, at capturing new revenue opportunities to grow the top line. We were focused on capturing those operating synergies and, and, and running the business more efficiently. And that translated into really strong financial performance. Um, but um, there are headwinds and, and, and not just the Telesat faces, but, but that our industry is experiencing. And so for the last couple of years, it, it's been, you know, uh, some declines on, on the top line. Okay. We, we continue to enjoy, you know, very attractive operating margins, but those are under some pressure too, in part because there are some revenue headwinds and in part because we're hiring so much and investing so heavily for this next phase of, of our growth, our, our low Earth orbit satellite initiative. Yeah, no, I wish it were... You know the wind is constantly at your back, and uh, but um, but you know well, it's a marathon, right? <laughs> it's a marathon, and yeah, um, yeah. But you know what that you know if 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 it were all easy, anyone could do it. And and tell us that's a great company. Yeah. We've got great opportunities, and we've got a great track record. But but it's it's not. It doesn't come easily. It's hard to have a chat with business leaders like yourself, and not at least recognize that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm guessing that you have around 450 or so employees at yeah. Telesat, maybe yeah. 200, 250 of them are here in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, has has COVID, has the pandemic impacted how you do business or the workplace? I mean, how, do, how have you managed oh, that? Hugely. I mean, just hugely. It, 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 I mean, it's just kind of turned everything upside down in terms of how we work. Okay. So the business itself, I'm, I'm happy to say, is far from immune from COVID impacts. And, and, and we had some, some of those headwinds that we experienced in 2020, 20, last year, are COVID-related. You know, for instance, you know, we had a fast-growing business of providing broadband connectivity to the cruise ship industry and to the commercial airline industry. And as you can imagine, you know, that stuff just came to a screeching halt. Yeah, it was offset a little bit because surprise, surprise, uh, business for rural broadband connectivity grew because people were stuck at home. They needed to work from home, learn from home. You had more people moving to rural environments, and so so that partially offset some of the um, of the downturn in the maritime and the aeronautical market, but but far from entirely. So that there, there's the kind of impact that it had on our revenue and our EBITDA and whatnot. But then to your point, Bill, it's just kind of how we worked. Mm. And, and Telesat, for better or worse, having you know been founded in 1969, you know, a bit of a bit of an old school uh, aerospace company and, and, and all of that. Um, and we worked in a very, I'd say, conventional way. People came to the office uh, and they worked and we weren't, and, and I'll blame myself for this, uh, weren't that receptive to people working remotely. I've always been a believer in the power of in-person collaboration, and, and, and I, I still am. Um, but but and I was skeptical about people's ability to work effectively, 
yeah, from their kitchen tables or from some remote location and they're, um, but then COVID hit and we didn't have any choice. You know, we had to shut not just our headquarters down in Ottawa, but we've got offices all over the world and everyone had to go home. Now, the good news is, and, and, and I credit our, our IT group for this and the rest of the employees. I mean, and, and look, we're a telecommunications company. Yeah. I was astonished at how quickly and seamlessly we enabled everybody to work from home. And some of that, I think, was, was good luck. We had made some, we had moved offices. Uh, we had moved the headquarters downtown. And as part of that, we upgraded everything our PBX and, you know, all of these servers. And so, and that was just in some ways good fortune. Um, and we had always for our flight operations, right? We fly our satellites from our headquarters where you and I are sitting today. We had always made sure that, that the satellites could be flown from anywhere remotely securely because, hey, you know, if, if for whatever reason, never mind a pandemic, you know, we couldn't get to the office. You obviously can't, you know, just let the satellites drift. Um, so, and I hate the word because it's overused, this pivot. Um, but we all had to pivot. Um, and we pivoted crazy fast. It was hard for me personally. Mm-hmm. Some of my colleagues just, yeah, barely missed a beat. Um, for me, it was hard. I, I'm kind of a people person. I, I told you I like the in-person collaboration. It was really hard for me um, and maybe some of the other colleagues. Um, but now, I hope, um, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I, I, we won't just go back to the way we used to work. I, I've seen the light um, that, that you can be effective uh, working remotely and you can hire i mean look we used to hire people and more or less require them to come to ottawa or come to one of our other facilities and some people weren't prepared to do that we hire people from all over the world and ottawa is a long ways away from you know a lot of the places that we hire people so on the one hand you know so we can take advantage now i i've learned a lot we've learned a lot but i still am a believer uh in the power uh, of in-person collaboration, particularly when you're at a stage in your corporate history where you're building new things and you're hiring lots of new people. I could talk about this forever, so you should cut me off. But, but I will say that- <laughs> But it's interesting. But I will say that we've been hiring a lot of people through the pandemic because we've had to, to staff up for this- Well, let's talk about For that. this Lightspeed initiative. And and that means we've been hiring people. A hiring spree? Is that what you're on? Yeah, yeah, we have to just to, to scale. And what up. skill sets? What are, what's what's different about the skill sets in a geostationary satellite world versus the skill sets so, in a Leo world? So we're hiring people, um, more people with IP networking expertise, more people with software development skills, more people with optical expertise, for instance. Um, so I'd say those are some new competencies that we've had to, uh, yeah, bring in new people to fill in those competency gaps. And then beyond that, we just had to scale everything else because, I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar uh, initiative. And so, and even though Teleset does business in, in most countries around the world, most of our revenue still comes from the Americas, and most of the revenue comes from North America, Canada and the US. Um, 
And here again, you know, we've got an office in Rio and an office in Singapore and people in the UK, but, but, but it's pretty thin. Um, and we need to scale that because more of our business, you know, five, six, seven, you know, plus years from now is going to be coming from outside of North America. Not to say that North America is not going to continue to be a hugely important part of our business, but Africa will be a bigger portion. Southeast Asia will be a bigger portion. The Middle East, Europe will be a bigger portion. LATAM will yeah. be bigger than it is today. So so we're having to scale up. But But back to the people challenge, hiring people that you can't physically meet, trying to integrate them into a company when they never leave their their you know homes their kitchen table it's hard yeah. and we've had people we we've experienced things we've never experienced before where you hire somebody they work with you for a few months and then they give notice and they move on and they take a new job and and they never change chairs or you know and and what it means is that they never formed really a nexus with the company the people our culture and and, and so we've tried to, to, you know, do things to, you know, mitigate the fact yeah. that this is all remotely, but it's hard. We're obviously not the only company in the world dealing with this. You see that that turnover is at historically high levels. People are retiring at historically high. I mean, so it, it's a new world for that. And, and in addition to, you know, lots of things changing in our ecosystem uh, in terms of the provision of communication services, this is something else that we need to account for. I want to spend maybe just a couple of minutes on the old business. What? It, how is the old business of Telesat's uh, geostationary Earth orbit satellites going? Who are some of your big customers? And what is the future of geo versus? Those are great and highly pertinent questions, which I will attempt to address. Um, first off, um, we don't talk about it as the old business. Okay. Uh, we, we, no, I mean, because there's something pejorative about sure. about that. And, and I know Her you weren't, heritage you weren't mean it. We, I mean, the existing business, yeah. um, the current business. Um, so the current business is, it, it's kind of twofold if you look at Telesat. We've got I mean, all of, almost all of our business relates to using satellites to transmit, you know, information. Um, but but it kind of comes into big buckets. Uh, big bucket number one is video distribution, um, uh, uh, and and that's right around half of our business. It's about 51 percent of our total revenue. The other half of the business is non-video. It's 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 data. It's IP. It's it's all of that. Um, and those two things are blurring, as you can imagine. I mean, in the old days, and Bill, you come yeah. from this world, you know, video was it's broadcast video, it's linear video, it's multi-channel linear video, which is delivered by cable and by satellite and by over-the-air broadcast. And we all grew up in that world, and, and, and that world still exists, but that world is changing and it's kind of under assault. Um, that might be too you know, vivid or whatnot, but 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 it is it is it is um, uh, changing uh, uh, because of the internet. Um, and what I'm really talking about is, are over the top 
uh, video platforms like Netflix and Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime and all of that, and and they're proliferating uh, as we as as we're all witnessing, and that is, uh, you know, bringing a fundamental uh, reshaping of the landscape writ large, and 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 not just you know telesat and our competitors in the in the satellite field but you know and, and not just here in canada obviously but all over the world but the cable industry uh the quote telephone you know industry the the content creation industry the broadcasting industry it's it's it, it's just fundamentally reordering that world and, and and when i talk about it as converging what i mean by that is at the end of the day what all of our customers, be they video content distributors, broadcasters, and you know, some other form, uh, the, 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 the folks that we serve in the cruise industry and the aero industry, all anybody really wants today is a fast, secure, reliable, low cost, always on, ideally ubiquitous broadband pipe, right? You wanna watch television? You do that over, you know, a big capacious broadband pipe. You want to surf the internet. You want to go to school. You want to go to work. You want to, you know, order something. You're an enterprise and you're, you know, running all of your applications over the cloud. You're the government and you're delivering service to your citizens. You're the government and you're, you know, uh, you know, doing other things that, that, that government do, serving your, your, you know, foreign service outpost, supporting your men and women in uniform overseas, you name it, you, you're going, you know, to fill up your tank, uh, you know, and you're swiping your card. All anyone wants today is a big, fast, reliable, secure, affordable broadband pipe. And in the old days, those were all different bespoke dedicated networks the network that we provided to somebody you know distributing video was just doing that the network that we provided to here in Canada SO or Suncor you know for swiping your card at the pump or going in and buying a bag of chips or going to an ATM that was a dedicated thing for them you we used to provide distance learning networks for Ford and GM you know, that was bespoke. The lottery network, bespoke. The services we provided to government, bes- these were all bespoke networks. And now they're all converged. Yep. And it's just a broadband pipe. You know, um, it's interesting. Last week I was talking to the president of one of our countries, Canada's largest uh, screen training organization. So film, television, and uh, what what uh, this individual was most proud of is they've just launched a new program, which is oversubscribed uh, on, for TikTok as the as the as the vehicle. Wow. So that uh, indicates. But look, I mean, you know, you know <laughs> I, I watch my kids. Yeah. I've got kids that are, you know, 21, 19 and 17. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. They consume a ton of video content. They consume a lot of news, but their sources of news and video content or quite, and, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at my kids. I consume quite a bit of video content and I consume quite a bit of news, but the, the, the medium, the media that, that, that we use are really different. Um, 
And 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 that's I mean that's, that's so talk something. to us a little bit about the advantage of Leo over Geo. So Leo is what at a thousand kilometers up well, there. Well, Le- Leo, you know, different Geos are thirty six thousand. Yeah, exactly. So so latency issue. So we can all agree on what Geo is. Geo <laughs> is thirty six thousand kilometers above the Earth. It's actually like thirty five thousand, you know, yeah. whatever. But but it's it's right around thirty six thousand, and that's important because an object in that orbit orbits the Earth at the same rate that the Earth turns, and that's why it's called geostationary. It appears that that object is stationary from the Earth. If you're a little bit closer to the Earth, that object will orbit the Earth faster than the Earth is turning. If it's above 36,000 kilometers, it's the opposite. The Earth turns faster than that object. LEO is not a particular orbit. It's kind of a range, and so LEO is probably somewhere between... I don't know, call it like 450 kilometers up to, I don't know, maybe 2,000 kilometers. And then there's MEO, medium Earth orbit. That's, you know, probably somewhere between 5,000 and 8,000 kilometers, something like that. I learn something every day. Well, (laughs) you know, and look, you're talking to a former lawyer. So if you really want to know about this, talk to almost anyone else that works at Telesat who's more technical. Why are we doing LEO? Um, It goes right back to what we were talking about. What all of our customers want today is a fast, affordable, high-capacity, reliable broadband pipe. There's so many wonderful things about GEO, and God knows we built our business on GEO, and and, and it's an incredibly efficient orbit to do lots of things. But its big drawback is speed of of uh, broadband connectivity because it takes almost a second for a signal to go from the Earth to a geostationary satellite and back down again. And it doesn't sound like a ton, but and, and we refer to that delay, that second, as latency. And, and But the way the internet works is the internet's a whole lot of back and forth. You send a little data, it's acknowledged. You send a little more data, that's acknowledged. And, and when you're dealing with secure broadband connectivity, then you've got all these handshakes. Well, you add a second of latency to all that, you know, sending something, acknowledging, or all these security handshakes, and all of a sudden, your user experience uh, starts to become suboptimal in a big way. It takes a long time for web pages to load, which is maddening. Some of these security handshakes time out, and so now... You're wanting to order something online. You're wanting to go over an encrypted link. And nowadays, almost everything's encrypted because of all these cyber concerns. You just can't do that at Geo without a lot of uh, spoofing and caching and all, all of this. But the reality is your customers don't want that. They just want it to flow. They don't want you coming in and messing MacGyvering with their, it. Yeah, messing with their protocols. They and they and they run their networks. Through all these standards, you know, they're and, and they want you flowing their bits consistent with those same standards. You can't do that with a high latency link. And so in space, right, even I get this as the lawyer, in order to, you know, reduce latency, you got to take that satellite and you got to bring it closer to the Earth. And an object in LEO, now you're dealing with latency. It's like fiber. So is there a future for geo? 
Well, I think there is. Uh, who's I, using it now? Who are your customers now? Bell or? Well, we've. I mean, it's all of our customers now. Yeah, it's yeah, customers yeah. that. I mean, those customers, those satellite direct-to-home video platforms on both, you know, here in Canada and the U.S. are losing subscribers, just like a lot of the cable providers are losing subscribers as households cut the cord and just consume their video on an over-the-top video platform. So these are my words. The future is Leo for, for Telesat. We think that, yes, and it won't be overnight. Yeah. It'll be a transition and there will probably be, you know, we, we, we will continue to rely upon geostationary satellites, I'm, I'm sure, for some, you know, longish period of time. But yes, when, when we project out, LEO will eclipse our geostationary business. We believe that if, we're, if we execute on LEO well, we will grow our revenue, our cash flows by multiples uh, with our LEO constant. Now, if I understand correctly, you're not dealing with retail consumers. You're dealing with enterprise entities, with ISPs, internet service providers. I'm wondering, isn't there a larger retail market in Canada than in terms of customer uh, volume, quantum? And uh, isn't that kind of what Canada needs? It's its own retail consumer Leo network? Yeah, well, our... Am I right about my presumptions there? Um, well, let me let me say this. So Teleset today is a B2B uh, provider. We, we don't serve retail. And yet our satellites are used to serve, you know, about a million and a half households in Canada for direct-to-home satellite services. Our satellites are used for, we don't provide the service to the, to the retail customer, but our satellites are used for uh, direct-to-home broadband connectivity here in Canada, not just in Canada, in the United States and Latin America, that's going to be the same with Leo. It's not that households aren't going to benefit and they're going to benefit massively from our Leo constellation, but we're not going to be, for the foreseeable future, we're not going to be a B2C provider, a business to consumer, consumer provider. We will wholesale this super fast, high performing Leo capacity to our uh, ISP, telco, uh, integrator, reseller customers all over the world, including here in Canada. And they'll use Lightspeed to provide a super fast, super affordable broadband connectivity. And, and look, we're a rural play. We're not seeking to, you know, where there's good fiber connectivity, you know, that's, that's a great uh, uh, in a transmission medium for broadband, but 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 it's hard to deploy fiber in very very rural remote markets here in Canada and the U.S. all over the world, you know, developing countries. And so and so, yes, our Leo constellation is going to be used for retail household broadband connectivity. Now, probably at least in the initial years in a different way than what some of our competitors are envisioning, we will bring a big broadband pipe to like a cell tower. And then our customers will use wireless connectivity to connect up homes, just like they're doing today with microwaves. A lot of these cell towers are fibered, but, but the big bottleneck isn't so much 
from the tower to the household, the, the bottleneck in these rural communities is bringing a huge broadband pipe to these towers on the edge of the networks here in Canada and around the rest of the world. And, and that's how we're going to bridge the digital divide in Canada and around the rest of the world. And then, and then yeah, Bill, maybe over time when the cost and the performance of these small antennas that are needed to communicate directly with our LEO satellites reach a, a, a good enough point, meaning they're cheap and they're highly capable, yeah, then we'll probably still work with our telco ISB customers, but then, yeah, you can deploy them directly on someone's house and Bob's your uncle. And, and all now, that's that. a big idea, a big it's shift. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Big shift of gears for, for Telesat and for well, others, but, but, but we can still be a B2B yeah. provider. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, you know, this is a huge market. Telesat's really, really good at deploying space-based architecture to delivering to our enterprise customers what they need, and 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 that and that for that that's our focus, right? Uh, we're not out to compete with our, our our current customer base. What we're out to do is to deliver them cheaper, higher performing bits so that they can get them into their network and out to their customers. So we've dealt with thirty six thousand kilometers. We've dealt with a range of six hundred to maybe twelve hundred kilometers. Yeah. Let's deal with a range of around twenty six thousand feet. I'm told that in 2015, you were coming back from a conference, a satellite conference in Paris. And uh, I guess you're flying Air Canada, we'll say that for- I, I, I was were. absolutely flying Okay, Air flying Air Canada. Canada. And you get a Caesar in one hand and an Air Canada napkin in the other. Yeah. And you sketch this out on that flight. Is that anecdote accurate? We, yeah, I mean it, it- I'd love it to be accurate. Well, I mean, <laughs> so here's what was going on. So back in that time frame, you know, maybe we're not like the most visionary, smartest people in the world, but, you know, we ain't the dumbest either. And we saw these changes that we've been talking about coming. Um, they weren't impacting our business so much yet at the time, but we saw over the top uh, video coming. We saw Netflix. We saw the fact that the future was broadband for all of our customers. And we saw that that we were having a hard time delivering what our customers wanted with our uh, geostationary satellites. So we saw all that. And so and, and we were ruminating about that in a big way. And 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 yeah, sleepless nights thinking about the future. Um, and and so and and so and we've been looking at different technologies and 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 questioning how important was low latency. I mean, just all of that, as you can imagine. I mean, if, if you were here with us, you, you'd have been wrestling with all these themes too. And so what had happened on that Paris conference is, you know, you go to those conferences and it's like speed dating. You're you're meeting your customers, your suppliers, sometimes your competitors one after the other. And, and and you can't think straight about anything because you're just going and you're jet lagged and you're staying out too late with old friends that you used to work with. I mean, you, you can picture all that. I think I've been there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then what happens, you finally wake up one morning and you rush to the airport and you 
you know, barely make your flight and you get on and it's like, ah, okay. And then, you know, the nice thing about being on an airplane, now we're going to probably ruin this because we're going to connect all these airplanes up with broadband. But, but at the time, the nice thing was you're, you're now in a little cocoon for about seven hours or whatever. Um, and you can, and you can start to think and reflect on all of those conversations and, 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 and yes, and a Caesars actually, you know, uh, can, can help you get more reflective still before you fall asleep. Um, and that's what was going on there. And, 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 and yeah, I did, I, you know, it's almost a cliche, but I had that Air Canada napkin. It's actually on my desk here. Really? Um, and I started, um, yeah, uh, free forming, riffing, whiteboarding, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, 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 and yeah. And, and so I wrote down a whole bunch of ideas in no particular order, but it, 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 it was, and, and look, we, we, we've been talking about Leo's, but, but yeah, that was, and, and then I wrote all that and then I fell asleep and then I came to work and answered thousands. And frankly, that, that napkin was kind of gathering dust under my computer monitor for a few days. And then I literally walked down the hall and, and went to our CTO and I said, Hey, like, like it, here, you know, and it was at a time where we were, yeah, really wrestling with these strategic kind of considerations and talking to our board a whole lot about it. And I gave it, I, I gave, we, we Xeroxed it. And, and, and so that's all true. That's all true. Now was the other side of the napkin, Dan, uh, blue skying, another, I guess, associated metaphor around going public and NASDAQ and a publicly traded company. And what, what has that exactly meant for Telesat? Yeah, that was, I mean, certainly Telesat going public fits in with this transformation that's taking place at the company right now. Um, because, uh, you know, an, an initiative like this, look, it's the biggest project in Telesat's history. It's the biggest space project in Canada's history. And it's one of the largest space projects in our entire industry right now. And it's it's cool. It's exciting. It's ambitious. It's all of that. Is it 300 Leos or so? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it, 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 it's a big capital investment. I mean, it's multiple billions of dollars. And that means we need to raise a lot of money. And, and, and being a public company gives us access to um, another source of financing uh, for these ambitious plans. Now you've got, so that's an explanation of bringing private money, but you've got- That's an explanation, that's public money. The, the ability to issue equity yes. in the public market and to take the proceeds of that and invest it in your growth. Good that, point. That, that, that's a path that we have now that we didn't have, you know, as, as recently as four months ago. Now you've got federal government, Canadian federal government money involved, and I think you have provincial Quebec. money involved. Quebec and, and Ontario or just Ontario uh, has been very supportive of our Lightspeed initiative, um, but less as kind of uh, an investment in the project, more as a commitment, a capacity commitment to use the constellation, which is very important because as you can imagine what lenders want to see is that you've pre-sold a bunch of this capacity and so that you've got some committed, 
you know, revenue that's going to come in and support the, the borrowing. Now, I've seen different numbers for the federal government involvement. One number was 600. Let's see, what was it? 600 million. Another one was uh, 1.4 billion. Is, it, is that in the range? Or is... They're two different things. Okay. So the 600 million is just like what I described for Ontario. It's the federal government saying we will be an anchor customer effectively. And that, you know, is a $600 million commitment over a 10-year period. And look, these guys in the federal government, they're pretty shrewd. Uh, They want to bridge the digital divide here in Canada. That's a big public policy objective here in Canada, as it is around in almost every country of the the world. And so they drove a, a really good bargain for themselves. We're providing that capacity at extraordinarily low rates. But it made sense for us, too, because we needed a big anchor customer to show to the lenders. So that was one thing. The $1.44 billion, an investment slash loan. And here again, they were pretty shrewd. They, you know, they want to support Canadian companies. And God knows our global non-Canadian competitors are getting a ton of support from their governments. And our government was aware of that. Our government would like to see Telesat be successful and operate on something that looks like a level playing field. And so our government, and we are appreciative, and Quebec thought about this the same way, was wanting to support us. But but here again, we've had to make a ton of commitments to get that support. Commitments in terms of job creation, commitments in terms of investment in Canada, and we got to pay all this money back. Now, what's the overall tab for Lightspeed? I, I'm thinking somewhere around the $5 billion number. We have that? said publicly that it's about a $5 billion, That's a U.S. dollar number. That's so real dollars. Yeah. So it, you know, in Canadian dollars, you know, what, six and a half, seven billion Canadian. It's a very significant investment. And, and so, you know, the $1.4 billion from the government of Canada. And, and, and again, I, I want to be emphatic about this. Nobody's giving Telus out that money. We're going we're gonna to pay all that money back and then some. I mean, same with Quebec, an investment that we're going to have to repay uh, to uh, Quebec. Um, but, you know, today Telus has about $1.1.5 billion on our own balance sheet. That's, you know, mostly going to go in the light speed. We've got some. Anyway, we're, we're all in on this. So what are the next steps to completion? Dave? The next steps to completion are, are finishing our arrangements with our prime contractor. Um, and we've been bitten like a lot of companies from by these supply chain, you know, issues that are roiling almost every industry, you know, in the world right now, the computer industry, the consumer electronics industry, our industry. So we've got to finish uh, that work with them and finish the financing. Uh, and what we've said publicly is that the balance of the financing, we expect to come from some export credit agencies that support mm-hmm. their domestic uh, producers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that, you know, we're working hard to get that done. And, and my hope is we'll be getting that done in the coming months. And when do you expect this to actually occur? Uh, 2023, second half of 24? Being being in service. So my expectation is, and again, it's subject to finishing these arrangements 
you know, we we were talking about before being bitten by these supply chain issues, having global coverage uh, in 2025. We're going to be a little bit delayed. Um, whether we can still get in 2025 or it's going to move out a little bit, that's that's what we're working on with these vendors. Any worries, Dan, that you might be a bit late to the game? I mean, looking at uh, Amazon and SpaceX and OneWeb in the UK's come out of bankruptcy, and you know they've got a gazillion Leos out there. I think SpaceX has forty-two thousand of them. Can that be right? SpaceX, they they have said that you know I think they have you know authorizations to to launch up to that many. Okay. Right right now they probably have. I forget the number. It's around, you know, it's sub four thousand, I think, right now, something like that. But but they've been launching, they've been launching a lot. Now we're we have a very different approach than what they're taking. We're focused on, you know, in the main different markets. Fundamentally, they're focused on the consumer broadband market, and we're focused on this enterprise market that we talked about. We need to be timely to market, and when we come to market, we need to have the right. I mean, it's it's like a truism, but I'll say it anyway, because I don't think all of these constellations have been designed. Uh, look, the, 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 the companies that you mentioned, great companies, but they're not providing satellite services. That's not their history. That's not their legacy. I, I think that we've got a very deep appreciation for the markets that we're focused on, largely because we've been serving them for the last bunch of decades. And I think serving them well. So we need to come to the market timely with with a very good solution that's efficient, efficient for our customers, efficient in terms of the capital that we deploy. And and so I think that we're going to we're going to be able to do that. And the other thing I'd say is it's a huge market. We never expect to, you know, be the the sole provider in this market. We have multiple competitors today. We'll have multiple competitors in the future. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's how we think about it. And what about Canadian domestic uh, competition, Northwest Tel? Are they a They're a customer of ours. Okay. And, and, and we are, uh, I believe, going to make them an even more effective rural broadband provider by, by, by bringing them lights. Dan, uh, we're getting near the end of our conversation here. Um, can you can you maybe give me a sense of what you think is happening in space in general? I mean, there's a lot it, going it, on it up is, there. It, it, it is a, 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 a revolution. It's a renaissance. I mean, I don't know. It, it's almost hard to overstate. Um, and, and, it, and it's driven. It's driven fundamentally by you know technology, and it's driven by you know some very wealthy individuals as well who who have a a keen personal interest in space. Are too. we going to be able to see space of all those Leos up there? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you know, that is a big issue uh, in terms of uh, orbital debris and orbital clutter. And 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 governments are going to need to get active uh, to make sure that this, you know, common, and it, it's, a, it, it's a common resource, doesn't get tainted and, and polluted and 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 spoiled uh, by you know irresponsible actors and so so government has a role to play here and government's probably going to need to do more in this area all right my last question Dan 
Um, what have I forgot to ask you? What do you want our cart.ca audience listening in to really take away from this conversation? Well, that's a great question. Um, I, I, yeah, I, you know, just to have an awareness for um, uh, how quickly the landscape is changing, how important it is, and I think everyone already knows this, how important it is to provide affordable, secure broadband, you know, all over the world. Uh, and, 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 and absolutely here in Canada. And I guess a recognition that there's a global space race underway right now. And Canada is extraordinarily well positioned to, 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 to compete in that and to, and, and, and to succeed in that. And, 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 if, and if we're able to, to grow our economy, grow, uh, you know, high quality STEM jobs, uh, uh, massively uh, increase our exports and to have some control and autonomy over our own future. This is strategic infrastructure. And so, yeah, just to be aware of that, that here in Canada, because of Telesat, because of some of the other world-class players we have here, we've got an opportunity to take it to the next level. But it's only going to happen if we all work together if government has a big role to play, you know, and, and, and government's stepping up. But I'd say to be keenly aware of that, that it's an exciting future. But 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 for us to be successful, we all have to be ambitious. We have to work together. Uh, and industry and government need to collaborate. Thank you so much, Dan Goldberg, president and CEO of Telesat. Uh, it was great to have you on this conversation for cart.ca today. I think we've learned, I've learned a great deal about Telesat, a little bit about you, which is pretty interesting too. And um, I don't know, is it continuing this altitude uh, metaphor? It's pretty stellar. You know, very <laughs> That's impressive. good. That's good. <laughs> pretty well, impressive. You could use, use you in marketing. Uh, Bill, listen, I, I appreciate the opportunity and all of your time and interest. So thank you very much. My pleasure. I'm Bill Roberts for cart.ca. Until next time.